It is time for Who Watch? Time and Relative Blackness in Space. everyone, it's Bayana, Connie, and Robin coming to you live from the Time Vortex. Today we are discussing, or continuing our companion series by discussing all there is to talk about Martha Jones. And joining us today is Ty Gooden, who is a freelance writer who has written for several online publications including The Guardian, Sci-Fi Fangirls, Vice, Gizmodo, Black Girl Nerds, Paper Magazine, Paste Magazine, The Learned Fangirl, The Frisky, and Upworthy. Um, and when she's not writing, which seems like that's <laughs> not very often, little time. <laughs> um, <laughs> she can be found waiting on the TARDIS. Hi, Ty. Hi, Ty. Hi. How are you all? Good. Great. How are you? I just you? want to correct the record before we dive in. <laughs> Dr. Martha Jones. You're right. You're correct. Some respect on that name. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Ty. the doctor in front of her name. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Um, I wanted you to come on this episode primarily because you have some great Martha cosplay. Um, I'm upset that you found the jacket and just made it work. Talk to us more about your cosplay experiences being Martha at conventions and stuff. Well, my whole Martha look came together. It was all by just sheer luck. Um, (laughs) I had been looking around online, trying to find leather jackets and stuff, and I just couldn't find anything that was the right color. And, uh, one of my good friends that I met at a Doctor Who convention that I do press at a lot said, hey, you know, I've got a jacket. I think you can probably wear it, but it's a medium, so it might be a little big for you. But I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, it's like an official licensed jacket. Like, I'm going to wear it, you know. So she sent me the jacket, and she actually had the shirt that Martha wears, like the actual shirt that she wears in wow. the series, go with totally. it. So I'm like, okay, cool. Um, and literally two days later, I get onto eBay and I see the jacket in like, in the size that I need. So I actually end up finding the jacket. And then like two weeks later, I found the actual shirt in my size again. So it was like, it was like destined from God for me to to cosplay Martha. And, you know, I already had the boots and the jeans and everything, um, that's the only Martha look I've done so far, but I'm actually working on trying to get some things together to do a unit Martha this Ooh. year. So, Ooh. yeah, so I'm hoping I'll have that together. Yeah, I want to do that at Dragon Con. So I've got a little bit of time to kind of get it together, but I do. Martha's my favorite cosplay. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and I think you're, uh, Ty, uh, if you follow her on Twitter, uh, she's also working on some 13 cosplay, and I'm jealous that she found a shirt oh. that looks close enough. <laughs> <laughs> It is. It's a pretty close shirt, but you know, I got it, Connie, and it's kind of a little crop toppy. So, you know, I'm going to have to make sure them pants are pretty high. I was going to say, I think hers are pretty, like, high waisted. I think it'll. Yeah, I think it'll work pretty good. But, I mean, the pants, I think she said something about having her hand in in all of the uh, different elements of her outfit and that most of it is custom. So, I mean, I don't know. I have a. 
have a mother-in-law that sews, so maybe she can <laughs> maybe she can help us this day out if I can find the you know the fabric and stuff. But I, I don't know if that's gonna I don't know if that was gonna come together this year or not. I've been kind of lazy lately. <laughs> um, I'd love to do a thirteen cosplay. That sounds. I hope it comes together. At least I can see it. <laughs> then copy it. I hope so too. <laughs> Um, and then we obviously listed all of your many, 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 many bylines. Um, is there, I, I, you've written about Martha before at some point, I assume, I think I've probably read something, uh, it's escaping my mind right now, but have you written about Martha specifically and where, where would we find it? I did do something about Martha specifically, uh, last fall with the Learn Fangirl. I was doing yes. a, um, contributor series with them. And so one of the last things that I wrote, well, Next to last thing, I still have one more thing coming out with them. But the next to last thing I wrote was kind of looking back at all of the different black people and black companions up there. And so I got a chance to actually break down Martha, look at just about every episode that she had and just get all the feelings out there and talk about how I felt. <laughs> yeah, I got all of them out there just talk about how I felt and her relationship with the doctor and with other people. And um, so I think that's probably the best piece that I have out there um, that's really specifically tailored to to Martha. Cool. Awesome. Well, let's intro into Martha. Um, so when we first meet Martha, the doctor has had a weird encounter with Donna, but she <laughs> declined to travel with him after he asked. And he finds himself drawn to a hospital in central London. And we actually, oh, the, the, first episode of Martha season opens with her at the center. We're following her to work. And then mm-hmm. we see the doctor. And I loved that introduction to her because um, as we kind of talked about in Rose, it with Rose's run, like Rose has nothing going on. And it's like at work when she first meets the doctor, but it's like at a shop. She's not really like, committed to it she's not she's just you know running the counter kind of she's not like she doesn't she isn't in a position of power or anything like that and like we see martha like going to do rounds she's a student like going to be a doctor like is is kind of power walking through the streets of london she's like, on she her knows, british gray's anatomy you know <laughs> right like <laughs> like as a full like she's in control you can just tell that she's kind of in control of her surroundings and she's talking to her sister shout out to Gugu um and you can also tell that her family respects her and she's important like a like the glue of that family yeah her family's Uh, a mess but she kind of manages all that right it's a it's a very dysfunctional family but they all are leaning on Martha as like the voice of reason Mm -hmm. um and I think that that's really important to set up that Martha is like fully capable, is someone that people count on and depend on, um, and is a, a confident person, like confident and competent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because I feel like, well, they don't straight, they don't do a Clara and they like don't change her characterization very much. They do take away a lot of that like confidence from her and that competency or put her in positions where she's not able to like be her best self mm-hmm. um I don't know what you guys think about that but I always thought that that was like something really like 
I mean, we kind of see it, too, with Bill, our other Black companion. It's like, it starts off like, yeah, like, we know who this person is, you know what I mean? And, like, all of the strengths that they're going to give us. And then they are just consistently put in positions where they're not able to, like... Shine? Be them, yeah, shine, <laughs> or be their best selves. Yeah, I mean, I think a part of that is also just, like, they take away in later... Um, well, I guess, you know, we were talking in the last episode about the difference between, like, how Moffat deals with his companions versus um, Davies, but... Martha, it's always clear that Martha has something else going on besides the doctor. Like, she has other people around her, whereas, like, with Clara, all those people and those ties that she has gets taken away, and she gets, their new ones get introduced, and then they get taken away. And then, new, and, you know what I mean? So it's not really consistent. And it's kind of the same with Bill, where she has, like, a couple introductions to, like, some friends and, like, her foster mother or whatever, but they're never, like, really grounded or, um, or, like, Penny. Um, and they're they're never really around, um, and so I feel like it kind of makes it so that like their motivations are kind of weird, right? Where like Martha goes off into traveling in space and time, which is also from jump a temporary thing. Yeah, <laughs> um, like I'm coming back, which here. is like more. It's it's <laughs> like that, that medical degree. That and also the doctor is being an ass, but like yeah. it's a temporary thing. But so even but it's very clear that like her going to travel the world or like sorry the universe is very much it's like kind of a vacation but also she's like learning new things that will then help her in her practice later um so it's always like an end goal and not just i'm aimlessly wandering around the universe and time yeah and i think that like her encounter with the doctor changes her trajectory right like i'm sure that when she woke up that day she thought I'm going to become a doctor. I'm going to work at a hospital in London. Like that's, and now she's like, if we follow her trajectory, you know, she's, a, she's still a doctor, but she's in unit and she's like learning about other species. And it's a completely different thing than I think that she thought she would be doing before she ran into him. But she's still at the end of the day was like going to help people and going to be a doctor in some capacity. And, it, it reminds me of kind of like when you go to college and you change your major, but you were going to call, you know, you're going to graduate like that end goal is there. And like, you maybe don't know all of the specifics or how that turns out or some of the, some of the specifics can change along in your journey, but there's still an end like goal that is there like a, all the way through. So yeah, I don't know. I, I like that about her. Let's, do, let's dive into her dysfunctional family because I think that also informs who Martha is a lot right she's the oldest of three kids it seems like and then my sister Trish and then Leah's the youngest it, yeah I we, think so I don't know if we know that for sure but yeah her parents are divorced which doesn't seem to be a mutual thing since her her father is now dating a much younger woman and her mother is mad about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, because it also kind of seems like the father is going through a midlife crisis just a yeah. little bit. It's not necessarily the fact. It's not just that he's dating a younger woman. It's also just like the way that he acts with her right. is very they're much like shopping or these like sports cars. Yeah. It's like the whole thing together and not just like. Right. Because you know, people fall in love with who they fall in love with. But like, right. yeah, it, it's very clear something's going on with him and like. The mother can't take it. She's like, dude, I need you to be an adult. Right. But also in doing that, um, the mother is leaning on Martha a lot 
and Martha is also being tasked with keeping the peace. You know, it's Leo's party, graduation party, or birthday party when we like that's the thing that's happening when we first meet Martha, and she's trying to either convince her father not to bring the girlfriend so the mom is okay, or gets the girlfriend and the father to leave early or come at a separate time, like. And, like, all of that just falls on to Martha. Like, everyone is calling her, expecting her to fix it or make it okay. You, you get the feeling that's, that that's something that happens all the time with her. Mm-hmm. Like, right. it just seems like that's a normal conversation that Martha is always the one and her phone's constantly, she's going from one phone call to the other one, always trying to coordinate, always trying to be the peacekeeper. And so I think that that was part of what really attracted her to the doctor um, is like you said earlier with her wanting to get away and kind of have that escape from everything. And okay, this is one time where I don't have to be necessarily the leader or the person in charge that maybe I can, you know, still be capable and everything, but I can also kind of follow someone at the same time. I don't have to be the person that's always fixing and gluing things back together. And that she can have an adventure and not have to be the responsible one. Right. Because you kind of like what, what Bayano was saying, like the dad's going through like a midlife crisis, right? He's like, living up even her parents aren't his... leading the family right, <laughs> right. right. Like, so she's living. really having to step in and be that you know be that parental figure and kind of get everyone in line and so this is her chance to just kind of let go of all of that and all of the responsibility and pressure that she's probably feeling from her studies you know in the medical field right and I think it's important to think about the fact that like when you are like studying to be a doctor like and and it seems as though she's in her like intern or residency mm-hmm. phase like early yeah she's graduated on. from medical school round. but she's in like um, early training yeah yeah so she's working these long hours and then is and, and then is also tasked with like dealing with this family and like like ty said and it feels like this is not a one-off because of leo's birthday this is like an ongoing like thing that she's tasked with so she doesn't get like I don't you don't get the sense that like she gets off of work or you know does her rounds and then gets to just go home and like chill (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. so the the thought of escaping with the doctor I think has that for her but it's also I think because she is so smart like we see when the jejun comes she's like okay, we're still breathing, so let's figure this out. Like, there must be some oxygen somewhere. The rain is going up. <laughs> like, you know, we're, we must be here. And so there's this intellectual curiosity that helps her because the other doctors, especially, like, her friend when they're in the break room or whatever, become just like all the other patients, right? They, they start freaking out. Like, <laughs> we don't get like, anyone... We, well, I mean, we get that one white dude who is like just mansplains everything right right like he's not (laughs) he's useless (laughs) but he he does kind of take a position of like authority authority yeah yeah but like he's not trying to he's just trying to survive you know martha's trying to figure this out like this is an interesting problem that she wants to solve and i think that is really great because I think all the companions have that when, like, and that's what, like, makes the doctor want to travel with them is, like, when the craziness goes down, they're the ones being like, hmm, how do we, what is this? What's going on here? Let's, <laughs> let's figure this out. And their brain is kind of working in the same way the doctor's brain is, whereas other people would just 
toss out. <laughs> right. True. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I think I like, I don't know. I like that episode, that introduction episode um, to Martha a lot because it doesn't suffer from the same thing that like she ends up suffering from in subsequent episodes, which is like the doctor being really sad about Rose. So in this one, he's just like, oh, wow, you're really smart. Oh, you actually are like interested in why we're on the moon and what that means. And you're like trying to help and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, she has a moment where she like suddenly falls in love with him. And that part is kind of annoying. But like, (laughs) and really to me only because it's like, do they all have to be in love with the doctor? That seems weird. And like, especially two in a row. Yeah. Yeah. And then spaced out maybe different doctors perhaps I'd been like okay sure whatever um but it was like back to back and it seemed like that wasn't really necessary but also back to her family I think one of the interesting things is we don't really get to see them until like halfway through the season like see them again Mm -hmm. because all those like adventures that she goes on with the doctor for one he promises he's gonna take her on one trip and (laughs) it was one trip okay and then he's like, okay, let's do one in the past and one in the future. It was technically all like, one yeah. trip. One in space. <laughs> and then, so he gets, he like starts to kind of like Martha, right? Um, but then we don't get, but so then we don't get to see them until he drops her off. And it's only the next morning from when um, she left them the day before. So that time his TARDIS is, is much more reliable and <laughs> she like she has been missing and people are like, oh no, someone murdered her. Right, yeah. She's just like, went, for all they know, she went home, went to sleep, woke up. So it's, I mean, I think that, I think that kind of is nice. Um, and after that is when we kind of get her, her mother especially, kind of interfering a little bit, asking more questions. Like, who is this dude? You just met him yesterday at the hospital? Like, what's going on? Tish does help out in one uh, episode like the one when they initially get back um, yeah the Lazarus the experiment two-parter? yeah the Lazarus so, experiment is a two-parter mm-hmm. no it's a one-parter oh it is mm-hmm. okay yeah it's after your favorite episodes with the pigs mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like is it the first uh Gaddis episode or the third or something oh right it might be the first Gaddis is- episode yeah. I think it's the first one. I can't say can't say one hundred percent sure. I mean, he's in it more than I thought he was. Like, I didn't like. When <laughs> it's he, been at least. It was like we six. did the Quanta special, and Connie was like, "This is like his fourth time." I was like, "Really?" I remember him in, at least once, and then I looked it up, and because he's like different aliens and stuff. So. Yeah, but I do think though that like when you talk about her mother too, like she comes back, she's with this guy, and then Tish is already is all about it. Like, yeah, let's go figure this out, and she's like. Because Martha is kind of the leader of the family, and it makes sense that, like, she sets an example, and the mom is like, oh, you set in this kind of example? Nah, let's not. Um, and then on top of it, some, like, men in suits come up to her and are like, we didn't talk to you about your daughter and this dude that she's running around with. And she's like, well, what is, yeah. what? So then she starts working for the man. <laughs> Marietta Ashcombe. <laughs> Sorry. That's some Harry Potter stuff, but, you know. It works. Um, I think that the one thing about Martha's family that I like and that we don't get in subsequent companions is also her commitment to them. Um, whenever mm-hmm. I think about mm-hmm. Martha, I think about that phone call, and I think it's 42, when she's like, 
calling her mom right before she thinks she's about to get sucked into the black hole or the sun or whatever. I hate that episode, but I love that scene. Um, and and I, I love that about Martha because I love, I think it just goes into that characterization of like, she is fully herself and she knows herself and she knows what's important to her. And despite all of the terrible ways in which she is treated, like, she doesn't lose that, yeah. you know? Kind of the opposite of what we were saying about Rose in the last episode of how yeah. she's not as secure and she very much attaches herself to the doctor and she kind of dismisses her family a lot in order to run away with the doctor as opposed to Martha, who's just like, okay, but I, I do have my family and they are very important. They need me. So I'm here with you, but we're not going to forget that. Yeah, and I mean, I think even in the moments where, like, she has her little, like, goo-goo eyes for the doctor, she's also, like, very good at putting her foot down. So, like, in uh, the second New Earth episode, she, so, for one, the doctor takes her, basically, to the same place that he took Rose. So he's just, like, doubling up on dates, which was... Um, Which Martha calls out. Yeah, she's just like, dude, are you serious? (laughs) Seriously, fam? Um, So, like, just that, first of all. But then when he, like, will not tell her, right? Like, before she gets kidnapped, she's like, he, like, will not tell her what's wrong with him and, like, who this Rose person is and, like, what happened to her and why she has to deal with, like, his grief but also like he's being mean and like rude to her and she doesn't know this person she doesn't know why she's getting this like attitude from him and so at the end you know he feels a little bit bad for not saying anything he's like she's about to die and I didn't tell her like why she's here or like really explain to her anything um but then he kind of backtracks on that when she's safe and then she's like no I'm not leaving here until you let me know what's going on because I can't like who's going to be able to just be treated as like a third wheel when there's only two of us. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> let's right, <laughs> let's right. get out on the table. Like, let's be honest. Um, especially when you're like traveling in time and space with someone, like you need to, you don't need to know their whole like life and backstory or whatever, but like there still needs to be some kind of level of trust between <laughs> the two of you. And like be <laughs> you being hot and cold is, not really a way to do that right and she's seen by that point that she needs to trust him with her life and that's not something you just do lightly no um not when you're a doctor especially especially <laughs> right like i need it's to like... know that you know what you're doing right like i i need that level of like assurance I want to just get this off my chest because i feel like at any i don't know where it fits in our little timeline of martha's life but the way he, I, I feel like it kind of goes very nicely here because you're talking about the way the doctor treats Martha. There are a few times, and this is specific, I think, to Martha's blackness and her womanhood, that he is very dismissive or oblivious to the point of like putting her in danger. You mean that time of, he dropped her in the early 20th century? Yes. In the middle of the- <laughs> Yes. And then turn human. Those episodes, but I get it. The Shakespeare code, and she's like, "Should I be okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, of course. What? Act like you belong here. Like, 
that's not how that works. First yeah, off, it it made no sense whatsoever. I'm like, <laughs> you know, you doctor present as a white male, right? You in the 1600s, like you, you cannot here. take a black woman there and no. just say, oh, just swan around like you own the place because that's not going to go over well. No, like and that, that whole episode is just... jeans. Right. Like, he said. He said. Look, so it's drawing more attention to her. Right. But, like, doesn't put her in, like, the right costuming. She's drawing attention to herself in, like, leather and jeans. And, like, yes, there are black people there. But that doesn't mean those black people aren't safe. You know what I mean? So what the fuck is Martha who doesn't know? Right. Just because a city is diverse, as however he describes London in the 1600s, he's like, oh, yeah, it's a thriving metropolis, not unlike current London. Yeah, let's talk about current London. (laughs) Right, black folk ain't safe in current London. <laughs> Walking around, um, that whole episode yeah. just really—it really rubs me the wrong way. And it's you know, really? it's kind of several things in there. First, first starting off with that, and him kind of dismissing her having legitimate fear about being somewhere because she is black. So first, mm-hmm. he dismisses her with that. Then, you know, you get to the part where they're laying in bed together and they're like facing each other and trying to figure out some things. And he's like, "Oh, and you know, was so Rose here." Because if Rose was here, she didn't know exactly what to do. You know, he's like, oh, you're just a novice. So, you know, you don't know what you're doing. And I'm like, are you serious right now? Like, number one, she's training to be a medical professional. So she has to have some type of redeeming And you've seen that. I mean, she literally gave you her last breath (laughs) on the moon. So that way, you know, you could survive. And you're trying to say that she's not capable at all. Like, she could be an asset, even if she was only traveling with you for one story. Yep. But even still, like, Rose didn't start off knowing everything. Like, no. she has to learn those things, right? Like, Rose started off as less qualified than Martha is. Right. Starting right. At off. At least Martha got CPR training. <laughs> right? Like, you know. At <laughs> the like, very least. <laughs> but, Facts. like, give her the respect of her title. Having experience and having the time. And, mm-hmm. and you know what I mean? Like, Oh, Rose did this. Like, no, Rose didn't. No, Rose right. did a lot of dumb shit. She tried I to mean, save her dad and kill you. Yeah. She killed she, you. She killed you. She literally. literally. Um, so, I mean, I think, like, it's funny because I actually, I really like the Shakespeare episode. Me too. But all the points that you, all the things that you said are so things that get on my nerves about it. Like, so I, when you said it, I was like, yeah, that's annoying. That actually <laughs> makes me angry. But, like, I also just... I'm, it's the J.K. Yeah. Rowling line. It's the po- it's the Harry Potter reference. <laughs> Good old J.K. <laughs> Good old J.K. Like, but I like the episode from before that, and I think that yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think mean, they, I mean it was that, yeah. and also it's a lot of things. It's like it's a fun episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like as we progress into Doctor Who, it gets darker and darker with like hints of humor. Whereas There's this too one many was just like men and Daleks super, and stuff. Yeah. Whereas like this one was like super like light, um, and there was. You know, they had stakes, but it was still funny and, like, kind of goofy or whatever. And then, I mean, I don't know. It, the whole, like, Shakespeare flirting with Martha was really, like, Ew. funny and weird. And, like, <laughs> it was just, I don't know. It was it was strange. I don't know. I think it works because Shakespeare has so much mystery about him. And, yeah, like, and they can mm-hmm. do whatever. Yeah, they can kind of do whatever they want and play around with it and there's a sonnet and it exists. Why not? Like just throw it in, kind of just like throw it all in the kitchen sink or whatever. Um, which is, you know, it happens on Dr. Who a lot. And in this case it, it half worked. And then when you remember that she's black, AKA when you're not black and are like, wait, something's off about this, but all black people watching are like, 
uh, sitting in fear <laughs> throughout the whole episode. But yeah, it's 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 half it's mostly fun, especially and it's like she could be in danger. She's in danger in all of the episodes. So I don't know, but yeah, it um. It's definitely one of the fun so ones like where she's not like the family of family blood. blood. I hate yeah. those episodes because well, enjoyed them. Danger but... in all of the episodes, but yeah. in all of the episodes, the doctor is the doctor. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he and literally has the power to save her... her at some point. He might not be able yes. to always, but he has the power to. And in this and case, she's left stranded and doesn't have any power. He doesn't have any powers to protect her at all. Nope, and, and doesn't even say... know that he should be protecting her. Right. And to say, like, it all hinges on you, Martha. This is, like, everything, like, to make it through this, it all hinges on you. Well, then, bitch, if it all hinges on me, let's go, like, 100 more years into the future. Exactly. Why (laughs) would you go to 1913? Like, you put her in the most shitty situation you could possibly put her in. And then you're like, okay, I'm disappearing now. Hope you figure it all out, girl. Why you were made at the at the you know little school where everybody's talking about that you're black and you don't know anything. So who's really gonna listen to you? You right. know, what I mean, and he's used to being able to jump into things and kind of assume that authority in places. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't do that. Like it's harder for her to be able to do that and accomplish that because it is 1913. You got this woman as a maid, so she's in a subservient position at a you know a, I guess a prestigious ish school or something like that. How is she supposed to accomplish anything? And everyone just gangs up on her, yep. blanks her at the end. You know, John Smith comes to her and he's all like, you know, oh, well, you're basically murdering me to bring back mm-hmm. the doctor. And it's oh, like, dude, she's yeah. just doing what and the then, doctor and asked And homegirl, the, the other teacher or whatever she is, too, is also mad at Martha. And it's like, girl. Right. And it's like, this like is you're getting too familiar. Like she's doing the best she can yeah. with the information and everything that she has. And but the doctor's the one who put them there. Like, Martha's right. not really in control. She's just like, I got to keep you here until but it's also time. only to just, mostly just to get home. This is about her staying about and, like, trying to save him. They were hiding because they were in danger. They were hiding because the family of blood was in danger from the doctor, which is, like, cool as a oh, plot yeah. twist for the end. And oh, it's, yeah. like, really badass for the doctor's characterization. But for Martha to go through all that when the doctor could have just handled them in the beginning. Yeah. But I also, like, I really think, so we see, um, the one thing, too, is, is, like, she's in 1913 as a woman. She would have, she's at a loss, right? As a black woman, it's just like, well, goddamn, right? And we kind of see in Blink where they're stuck in, like, the 60s, right? And she has to, like, find work at a shop or something. Right. But at least there's like I don't know like fifty more. I, it's not great, but at least he's the doctor still. He has all of his yeah. like faculties, and like she's able to walk around relatively safely. And I feel like, like there's like a, a not really a perception filter, but like there's this air that the doctor has, and that's I think what he was alluding to in the Shakespeare Code that like you're with me. And people kind of ignore all the weird stuff that happens around me, unless it's, like, directly happening to them. And so that's why he assumes that she's safe. So then when Mm -hmm. you take her to 1913, whatever it is that is about the doctor that's, like, kind of pulls the wool over people's eyes is is not active. Like, kind of like the the TARDIS translation circuit. Like, it's just not functional right now. So whatever you think that it is, 
that was keeping her safe in all these other circumstances, I think it definitely warranted more discussion of like, wow, he really just left me here with nothing. Like the target. Right. Like, the doctor is, isn't even like, like John Smith, he doesn't even, what, like you could be human and still not be like boring. I also feel like, <laughs> <laughs> like how are you just, you turn human all of a sudden you can't do nothing. He really? But I okay. also feel like too, it, it's at that point where she's like, she has that stupid line of like, of all the, you're finally human and you still don't choose me type of romanticizing yeah. the whole thing. And she's like deep in her crush or love of him. So she doesn't even have the, like when it's over, like the, how fucking dare you? <laughs> also the fact like, that like when he's human, he's like a white male in 1913. Right. right. So like, yeah. of course he's not, he don't want right. to. And that's kind here, of the thing that I think more. is him being like this, white dude who grew what he was born in like 1880 or something like like her own her yeah that was also a disservice to her the writing of her character aka just hire some black people for your writers rooms because she wouldn't well, women who can be like no you don't have to make her the love interest why too it just was not a good story to give martha and i understand that it was adapted from a you know from a novelization and all that good stuff or whatever and oh, you know the crux yeah. of it may have been pretty good but it was not written with a black companion in mind. And, wow. you know, and yeah. they still went in and decided to change and put the year back to 1913. Like that was a conscious decision that they actually <laughs> made when they did that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why, why would you do that? And, and you know, like you said before, with the throwaway line of, oh, you know, you fall in love, you never choose me. Like they they would just stick in those random lines and in different things. It's the same thing with like Dalek in Manhattan. I mean, they're going about something completely different and it's like, okay, let's just stop that what we're doing. And let me just throw in a couple of lines here about, Oh God, I am so in love with the doctor. I mean, just, <laughs> you wouldn't believe it, but he just, when he looks at me, all he sees is Rose Tyler. I was like, why? I mean, yeah. girl, y'all, y'all Dalek in the middle of some action really, right now. Is, like that one, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that one. And you really are doing this. What and you, you know, what's really funny is that like, I was really irritated with, well, not so much Martha, but, like, you know, like, the writing of her, like, we're talking about. And I'm just, like, why are they, like, all crushing on the doctor? Can they just, like, be friends? Can they chill? And, like, as I'm going through the seasons, I'm, like, slowly falling in love with David Tennant. It's hilarious. <laughs> There's that, too. There's no, I mean, that I, as well. I definitely get the reason why <laughs> they fell over him. I mean, you know, he's a good-looking guy. And I think, you know, with the doctor, he's somebody that's got all this you know, charisma and everything. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's smart and he's, you know, all otherworldly. He can do, I mean, uh, way more than, you know, any human man could definitely do for you. I mean, a human guy can't take you to, you know, take your across time and space. That's kind of hot, you know? But, <laughs> you know, I think the, I think the really the big issue with Martha's run was really less about her romantic attraction to him and more so about the way he treated her. Yes. Um, you know, because she did come at such a pivotal time during the show. So you're talking about right after Rose. Um, and she's such a, you know, important companion for so many people. I mean, you know, just to be honest, a lot of people, that is her first, their first companion. Absolutely. So now you've got this new person coming in, you know, they had just kind of gotten used to 10 and, you know, a lot of people had kind of, you know, were enjoying the dynamic that they had together. I mean, because for better or for worse, they, I mean, they did have a natural chemistry together on screen. And yeah. I mean, even when you get them together now, I mean, it's still great. <laughs> so you know, I really think that if the writers had made the decision for the doctor to really open up to Martha and to really let that chemistry that they had in Smith and Jones shine and kind of build off of that relationship that they started off with, things would have been great. But because they made that choice to have him with this, you know, just continual 
love hangover for Rose, um, it really just casts a negative shadow over her whole entire run. It was just, it was ridiculous. I mean, there, there are a couple of episodes that I can like family of blood that I can barely even go back and watch because I just hate the way that she was treated, you know, by him and hate the way that he did things to her, you know? And so then you've got Martha and you've got Mickey here, are your first two major black characters on this series. On and the whole series. Had, right. On the, on the whole series. I mean, major black characters. Because, I mean, yep. you had some in, you know, in classic or whatever. But most of the time, they were kind of one-off people and everything like that. But these are your first two major characters. And both of them had to, they had to deal with all these feelings of, like, you know, inadequacy and all this emotional anguish because of the doctor's relationship with Rose. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's, it, it was just ridiculous. It, it really went beyond that whole you know, character drama, because we're going to create some intrigue, and that's what modern audiences are into and stuff, and it just came off as really problematic, Um, and that could have easily been fixed, like Connie said, if you just had Black writers and had women in the room to be able to look at, you know, the different throwaway lines and stuff that they were putting in there, and just kind of think about going through things in a different way. A lot of the way that the fandom felt about Martha could have changed dramatically if they had, because the fandom's following the Doctor, So when you bring in a new companion, people are always going to be, you know, I'm not really too sure about that, but they're going to follow what the doctor does does because they see him as, you know, their leadership. He's, he's the man, he's the, you know, now the woman, you know, the person (laughs) that's, that's in charge and everything like that. So I feel like if the doctor had been more open to her and had treated her better, that that would have resulted in a lot of the people in the fandom kind of taking to Martha a bit more. I mean, the romantic rejection thing is kind of here or there, you know? I mean, like I said, I I can understand it, you know? Space-time travel is kind of hot, but (laughs) a lot of that problem was really with the way that the doctor treated her more than anything else. But I also think that when you look at, like, when I had to go back, I think that even when I was talking to uh, um, Bayana, like, recently about, I was like, I do not like Martha. And I had to go back and, like, and see with new eyes, like, how capable and like what she what she did and like separate it from right the doctor and that's a it's a hard it's hard work for an mm-hmm. audience to do especially in the immediate in the first run right um and i feel like with writers especially with like i with doctor who they are paying attention to the fandom without but trying not, not to really. let it Right, like because they write it all at once, and so they kind of write it in a bubble, and it's not written in the same. Like their rooms aren't the same as American writers' rooms, and so there's no time period where they're writing and the show is airing, and so like they just finish the thing and they're like, "Look what we did," and then they kind of it's over, and so by the time they get any feedback on what they did right or wrong. It's the season's done and maybe they've made their decisions about what's happening in the next season and it's different. So it's, yeah, they kind of write it in a bubble and it's one of those, like, we think we're being so progressive, but then by the time, like, people who aren't in their, like, bubble bubble of yeah. white male writers in the ride, Doctor Who writer's room get the, the episodes, it, it plays so much different than what they likely intended like not to say that it was any at all malicious but it's interesting like when we think about the fandom and like how people perceive martha and like i think that most of us as black women watched martha and was just like oh snap they got a black girl on here let me root for her immediately because it's just (laughs) what we do all the time but it's interesting to see to hear you robin be like i didn't like her at first because that's how most of the fandom actually felt like they're like ugh. Martha, 
And then, so it, it's up to us as black fans and as fans of Martha who like watched it with different eyes to be like, okay, no, <laughs> all the things that you think she did wrong, I need you to run that back and just like look at it from this perspective because they were following the doctor and like how the writers wrote it as opposed to the kind of crumbs that we get of Martha that are there but aren't like shown a light on it like it's just played in the opposite direction because it's not from her point of view but it's it's just really like really interesting to think about how the writers write this thing and think they're doing doing big things and then the fandom doesn't follow along because of how they wrote it in the bubble and then the other half of the fandom that are people of color are watching it like Okay, but I could have told you from day one this wasn't going to work out. <laughs> I mean, and that's and that's kind of the thing that happens with the family of blood, right? Is like they thought they were like, okay, we're going to put them in 1913, and we're going to have a couple white boys say some racist stuff, and mm-hmm. then we'll know that it's wrong, and that's boom, we're fighting racism. It's great. We're acknowledging right. that racism happened in the early 20th century, and that's as far as we're going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just like not it's just not believable and not okay. So when they, they do write it in a bubble and then when they get the fan reaction, that's why we have to then wait however long until we get Bill because they can say like, oh, well, look at how progressive we were and all these things we did. And the fans didn't take to her. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. a feedback loop of, well, you wrote her wrong. Yes. And <laughs> you didn't give the fans a chance to take to her. But then right. it just re- it lets them reinforce the whole like, well, they're not like our fans aren't ready for like a black companion or or, or a, a female doctor. But a it's female because doc- you wrote it wrong, <laughs> right. right? And it's like it's not the it's not the premise; it's the execution. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that like that's. I mean, there are a lot of issues, like you said, Connie, about how they write and and who's in the room, mm-hmm. right? But like the I going to cons and stuff and like hearing them talk, like you can see that they just take those reactions from the fandom to further reinforce what they already wanted to think. Right. And I mean, you know, this kind of connects still as well. It's just like, yeah, I mean, I think like when, when I was first watching it, I definitely liked Martha better than Rose. I was like, and I think, you know, because I was live texting it to Robin the whole time. And I remember <laughs> her and I was like, yeah, I like Martha. And she's like, really? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, it's a black girl who gets to travel in time and space. Like, that's lit. I mean, and she's like, that, yeah. <laughs> actually competent. And she's doing all these things. And like, and her little like, crush on the doctor is annoying. All of that and so whiny. I was like, I was like yeah, she's, she's so whiny. I was like, yeah, I mean, her crush on the doctor or whatever is annoying. But like, she is really quick on her feet and she like has all this stuff. And at the same, and I mean, I don't. I feel like when she left the doctor, it was like, one, she's the only not tragic ending that we've had for a companion so far, except Mickey, maybe, but like of like the full time companions. Like, yeah. she's the only one who didn't like Induced die tears. or get like sucked into tears. Yeah. Yeah. Become a ship. Um, so, yeah, I just, um, that's one thing. But then also, I, I just really liked that she left on her own terms. And was just like, in addition to being like, I'm not about to be on this TARDIS while you're like pining after another woman. Like, I, that's not me. But then also realizing and recognizing that she has dreams and goals and other things that she wants to accomplish. Um, and while, you know, we see later in season four that she like takes both her experience on the TARDIS and like her experience as a doctor and like kind of merges them together when she joins UNIT. 
I just liked that she was like, I'm going to choose me. And like traveling in time and space was great, but I'm going to go and like handle my business and do my thing. And I just like really appreciated that. And I liked that even though we got her whining at the very least by the end, it was clear that we weren't going to get that anymore. Mm-hmm. And then when she comes back for season four, she's very much just like, that's the homie. We got some going <laughs> down. I-, I called you, so you better come. And like her and Donna are really tight together in a way that like Sarah Jane and Rose weren't. Um, so I feel like they go like after it, it kind of sucks that they, that it took them all of season three to kind of like, you know what I mean? Like it kind of, fucked with, with her um like her main series but like when she comes back for four it's actually like great and it's kind of like all the best parts about martha that they then keep right yeah right yeah i mean it was really great when she came back in four and she kind of gave donna that run that warning about you know he's like you know fire and ice and all this stuff and he's brilliant and everything but if you get too close to him you'll get burned you know, and I really felt like that came from a place of compassion and concern for her and not from a place of jealousy, like you said, like you said before, with the whole thing with Rose and Sarah Jane. I mean, it was just, you know, showing how mature she was. And even when she saw Rose for the first time and she appeared on screen and uh, what is it, Journey's End, I think. And she mm-hmm. saw Rose and the doctor stand beside each other. She's just like, oh, wow. You know, he actually found you. I mean, there was no, you know, malice or ill will or right. anything like that. So she didn't it's harbor like, oh, any I get it. Okay, negative cool. feelings towards him. <laughs> Her exit was just the best. I mean, it's probably one of my one of my favorite scenes uh, in Doctor Who, period. You know, I think she just really recognized that the toxic nature of their relationship or the toxic elements of it and the effect that it was having on her and her family. I mean, because they went through a lot mm-hmm. in those last yeah. two episodes. I mean, they were oh, yeah. basically enslaved her family, you know, and she, it's just crazy. So, yeah. you know, she, she loved the Doctor and, and all that stuff, but she loved herself and her family more. Um, and I think her decision to leave was such a selfless move. And it was mm-hmm. also an act of self-preservation, too. You yes. know, and I love it when she turned to him and she says, you know, I spent a lot of time with you thinking I was best. But you know what? I am good. You know, mm-hmm. she never lost track and never lost sight of that. That no matter all this stuff that she went through and everything that he took her through, she was good. Um, because when you really think about Martha, looking back through her art, she never really got a chance to choose where she wanted to go. True. Yeah. But when she was there. She always gave it her absolute best. And I think that she was able to take some of those lemon episodes. And part of that is just, part of that is probably Freema, just being a great actress that she is. So even in an episode like Dalek in Manhattan, I can watch that and I can get some enjoyment out of it. Because I feel like she, I actually actually do. I know I'm in the minority, but I can watch it and actually get some enjoyment out of it. Because I think Martha was a strong character in that episode. She spent a lot of her time separated from the doctor. Mm-hmm. She kind of had her own companions and everything. And I like the interactions and kind of the relationship she built with the minor characters. It right. wasn't so much about the, you know, about the doctor and everything and the pig things and pig slaves and all of that. Mm-hmm. All of that <laughs> whatever. But I mean, like even an episode that's probably one of the, you know, episodes of the season. I still think that she was able to take it in and make the best out of it. Right. And really be the most competent and and compelling person that she could possibly be even in that situation. Cause once again, there you have her in the past, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, again, having to deal with the situation and, you know, the doctor just kind of leaving her with the psychic paper and saying, I don't know, you figure it out. And she did figure it out. I mean, he really did. He's just like, I don't need my psychic paper. I'm going with the dollars now. I'll see you later, girl. Hope you figure it out. <laughs> right. But that's such right. an interest. I never thought about the fact that she never actually gets to choose where she wants to go. Yeah, I mean, he like asks all the like all of space and time. Where do you want to start? And like Martha's just like, I don't know this. whatever you say. I can't say much about 
Dalek to Manhattan because I refuse an Andrew Garfield's accent. I just can't. But oh, I forgot he was in that. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I literally oh was just like, god. which episode are we talking about? And then I sort of was piecing it together, like, okay, this is one of the ones I skipped. Okay, that gets separated. Yes, the one with the pigs, but I'd forgotten Andrew Garfield was on the show at all. Mm. Pig aliens is an yeah. automatic skip. But but what I what I will say is that Martha. When like what you're talking about with her exit and stuff, and like I think that this is very important to the companions, especially when we get into Moffat companions, like we talked about last episode with Rose. Martha's family gets taken by the master. Martha very much recognizes that like her decision to travel with the doctor affects more than just her, mm-hmm. and and that doesn't really get shown in such stark terms with anyone else maybe a little bit with donna but not really with anyone else and martha's the only one that then immediately is like i might have signed up for this but none of my family did so i'm gonna go and i think that awareness self-awareness is like the again it goes back to like just the thing that i appreciate most about martha but i also think that like Ty was saying, like Freema's acting of that of those lines, I think really does change because I, I don't know that the lines themselves, like the right the intentions of the writers, did as did that as much as like how she delivered them. Mm-hmm. Because I, if you read it, like when you, when you just like think about what she's saying, it is really it's very much like I can't keep loving you while you love Rose, right? But mm-hmm. the, with the way that she delivers it is like, you don't deserve, or I'm better than this. I'm bigger if than you this. Want me, you want me, earn me. me. <laughs> you didn't earn me. That's literally where I was going. And I stopped. But, do you think yeah. that it kind of has something to do with, really with Freema herself and kind of some of the issues that she faced going to conventions and everything like that? Because people were, there, there were people that were, they were quite rude to her, you know? When she would go to conventions, people would have her bro signs and just do really mean wow. and nasty things to her. So I feel like that, yeah. I mean, I've never heard nothing that, that I've ever seen, it but was things like that later, I've definitely yeah. heard. Yeah, like I fell into the fandom later. And I feel like, like that's why she doesn't do as many Doctor Who conventions now. Um, is really because of foolish shit like that or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I feel like maybe that was kind of coming from a real place from her. Like, okay, you know, the fandom not only mistreated you know this character, but you know, I, I kind of really? got mistreated in a. <laughs> You know, they mistreated me in a way or whatever. And you know what? I am still good. And I came in and I did my absolute best, you know, with this role and I gave it my all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that it's important because, like you said, they write it in a bubble. They tape it in a bubble. Not so much anymore because we're starting to get, like, on-the-scene shots of Doctor Who and stuff. You know, like, people are paying attention more. But at that point, and I feel like season three was the season where it really did hit big in America or started it started momentum started building in America. And I think that if you're reading that whole series and you're seeing like how the doctors are reacting to Rose, do you want to sign up for another series? If you don't think that they're going to do any justice, I don't know if they even offered her another series, but um, like if you're going to be playing rebound companion, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you I know, wouldn't like, want to do that either. Reading the first few scripts, like, oh, is this where we're going with this? Mm. Right. So it's really just still all about Billy Piper. 
okay. Mm-hmm. I, I would fairly also be like, mm, so I'm just going to do this one and call <laughs> it a day. And then go on to do Law and Order UK, which is great. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, it's hard to think about, like, as Black Whovians in general, there are things as, like, fans that we get. You know what I mean? Like, when Bill shows up and everyone gets excited, the pushback you get when people are talking about having a doctor of color or a woman doctor, you know, like the pushback of being a woman fan and like hearing all of that, like nonsense. So being in the show, I, it's probably however many degrees worse. I can't even imagine, but there is something about like the rabbit nature of the fandom. I don't know. I'd like to see her come back. I think that time enough time has passed, but she may be a Chris Eccleston. They never type of thing. the streams, man, between the showrunners. So. Well, they did talk about Moffat during the 50th really wanted Eccleston to come back, but he was like, nah, F y'all. That was, so. Yeah, that was special. I mean, that's fine, but they could have brought more than yeah. just Clara. Right. And I mean, at least it was Bad Wolf. Like, they didn't, <laughs> at the very least, they brought the best of Rose. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, that was, they if they'd had like, because I think even, well, no, they put it for 10, they put it, like, after uh, Donna had, like, left him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, was forced to leave him or whatever. So they could have put someone else in there. And I think, too, like, I don't know, at this point, like, I, you know, you never know what, like, shooting schedules and things like that. Like, I feel yeah. like Kramer was on Sunday at that, that point, and, like, Catherine Tate is Catherine Tate. Like, you know, so... Y'all can't afford me. Yeah, she's on the office. (laughs) Right, you know what I mean? Like, so she, like, she was good. It's like, this is how much I need, and (laughs) I don't think the BBC budget is going to accommodate, so you're out of luck. Not the office at that time. They did get get Catherine Tate back for the Big Finish audios, though. Those were good. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, but that's, like, a money... But it's completely different. Yeah, it's completely different, and it's a different amount of work and things but I feel like had and we don't know so we can say they don't cross streams but we that Moffat doesn't cross streams we don't know what Chip <laughs> will do so like True. but I do I would like to see a check-in with Martha because let's you know back to her like life story because she was After, still doing something doctor related like yeah the other companions had to like go off and like do normal things or like live in other dimensions or <laughs> fly and die like, yeah whatever happened with the rest of them but she's literally still doing something that he could still be involved with. And it's, like, only been, right. like, 10 years. So she's, like, the leader of... Like, she could be the director of UNIT by now. Like, all in yeah. charge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. And she was excellent on um, when they brought her back for Torchwood. Torchwood. Yeah. Right. Yes. I still didn't, didn't get that far. <laughs> Torchwood. I just skipped. You just got to skip. Yeah, yeah. Say, you could just get to it. You don't really have to. Because I was watching it, it and I was like, wow, this is a lot like season one of Doctor Who. I watched this already. <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah. Just skip to the Martha episodes. You don't need all that other you stuff. You just, you that's what I know. I started and stopped through. Torchwood so many times, and then I was like, I just know. Where, where did she show up? Okay, then. Let's just do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would like to see it. And we get the idea that she's married to Mickey, and I would like to see that. Like, we talked about in the Rose episode too, like it was a throwaway. It was like, you know, pair the spares as uh, Connie said, but I still want to get a little insight into it. And like maybe Mickey becomes 
just as equally a badass or, you know, like. He was and, on his way. I mean, I yeah, like he yeah. was already a badass. Yeah. He was. They but, were you know, freelancing it, at the time when they, they like got married and then they were freelancing. So they were just like hunting Suntarans on their own and like other aliens and stuff. But yeah, she stopped awesome. working for UNIT. That sounds awesome. I want that spinoff. Same. I want that Torchwood or UNIT spinoff. But yeah, I don't know. More Martha. <laughs> Always more, more Martha. I wish there had been more references or any references to her in the latest season, but that was wishful thinking. It really that was. was. We're like, oh, that was just like a, it would be, be so great cool. if they did, but they won't. Yeah, I'll take I'll take more Martha in pretty much any capacity at this point now. Um, even if she comes back and does like some of the big finish audios, which I you know I love and I listen to a lot of them and everything, I think that would be a great way for her to come back. They could do individual adventures of her her own, or you know, mm-hmm. like you were saying with Mickey and Martha. I mean, he's come back and done some in recent years, so it would be great to get them together, even if you can't get them together on the show. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just a really cool medium to be able to open up to those stories that aren't necessarily expressed on the show, you know, and I'd, I'd love to see her do something like that. I know she's, she's been asked. Um, and I know she's been asked because I asked the big finish guys, if they asked, her. <laughs> I'm that annoying people. Like I'm that annoying person at, uh, at conventions. I'm like, Oh, did you ask? This? Oh, no. That is a, it's a good question. Like, you know what I mean? Like you definitely need to, like, they need to know that there is a demand. Yes. Yeah. But at the time, you know, she was doing sense aid and, you know, had other things going on. So it, it may be where she just, is not ready at this point in time to go back in and re-explore that character again, but I'm hoping that she does. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for joining us, Ty. You have so much great uh, insight and like you listen to the big finish audio, which I don't. So that was because I was going to ask if she had appeared in any. Um, Mm. So it's interesting to know that she hasn't yet. Is she the only besides like Amy Rory? And like the newer companions, is she the only one? Because like Donna has done some. Yeah, Donna's and done some. Was a recent, Rose. I think, ten yeah, Rose. Rose. With Rose. has yeah. a recent one. So yeah, but you know what? I I love the big finish audios because, like I said, they get a chance to open up those stories that you wouldn't normally get to explore um, on the TV series, and mm-hmm. I think they take the characters sometimes and just make them better. <laughs> they just have so much. They have so much more that they're able to do, you know, because it's in an audio format and they don't have the constraints of you know a lot of budgeting and things like that that kind of getting in the way so they're able to tell really interesting stories um and they did that like for example kind of off the record i guess here or whatever (laughs) not really podcast related um but when they did the ones with with river song or whatever i mean god i the more that river was on the show the more i disliked her um (laughs) (laughs) but i mean a lot of confusing things with her they were able to bring river back and like really show what she was like outside of the doctor and show what she's mm. like when she's not constantly attached to him or thinking about him or weirdly married to him or, you know, somehow making her whole entire existence revolve around him. Yeah. Um, you know, it was great to just see who she is on her own when she's traveling and he's not a factor in what she's doing. Mm. Right. I think they and need definitely the more of that about- all around with all the companions, like what adventures, right. especially the ones who do, do work, in space time, <laughs> space time work uh, outside of the doctor, but still have that ability to do so. So definitely River and, and Martha is one of those characters where it's like, it would be perfect to, to bring that in. Yeah. I think that's something that I would love to see the show do more of too, which is difficult, right? And it would be like one-offs and stuff, but to just have the opinion that the doctor is not, 
the world does not revolve around the doctor and your relationship to the doctor. Like he's mm-hmm. a big presence. He's charismatic. There's a lot, <laughs> you want to travel with him. All those things are true, but like, it, and it doesn't have to be like a, its own standalone story or whatever, just like some acknowledgement that I have a life. And but I mean, yeah, but then I think the problem is that in the last, like I said, Martha's the only one who didn't get a final ending. And right, so you yeah. don't get to see the lives of other companions after the doctor because they literally don't have a life after the doctor. Right. And I think that like in the future, it'd be great to see more companions like get that, like, you know, yeah, maybe they're like, you know, this is cool. Shows. I've done this for a year. I'm ready to go yeah. back to my life. Right. And and she's very, she's very like, Jane call me when the next Dalek yeah. attack happens. I got you. Right. And yeah, then, Sarah, Sarah Jane got her own spinoff too. I mean, I think, I'm just saying, like, some of my favorite episodes have been when the Doctor has to go back and integrate into the companion's life. So, like, when um, Amy, like, kisses kisses the Doctor and the Doctor has to go to Rory Stagdew and be like, hey, so... <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like, and have everyone look at him, like, who the F are you... You know what I mean? Like, he's the bad guy in that for the two minutes or whatever. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, just that understanding that like there are people who care and and around them and they have they have lives and people that care about them mm-hmm. so. yeah, Moffat wasn't great at that I think no. that episode and like I think one of the later married episodes like where the doctor has to stay at their house or whatever yeah. are like the only two great. real instances because they didn't really have families like Rory kind of had a family and his dad was there but the whole point of Amy was her parents disappeared in the crack in the right. wall. So like <laughs> Martha and Donna and Rose, like RTD was the only one who like gave them families and gave them lives. And it's been a long time since we've had that. So hopefully we get that right. back too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and he did that purposely because a lot of times in classical, you didn't have any of that background information. They were just kind of a person. And then when they were gone, it was just like, bye y'all you know and it was over I mean there was no family being affected and it really wasn't a companion it came, became a much more companion centric show when it came back gotcha. you know in, in 05 or whatever so it's it's, it's different and the dynamic's different but I think it works so much better with a modern audience to have that in there because oh, yeah. the companion is, that's your set of eyes you know that's how you like the doctor and everything like that so you're going to want to see that family dynamic and everything you're going to want to see how it affects people's lives i mean cuz you think about if the doctor come popping up in your living room right now you're like you know what what my mama and them going to think you know about them running off this man in a blue box like i mean absolutely. it's just a natural thought process you're going to have absolutely yeah and i, I think just the yeah. idea that we can identify with the doctor is just such a Moffat idea. Like <laughs> the dude is a 900 year old time Lord. I don't, I don't know his well, experience. 1100 or something. 11, yeah, whatever. Or now, but it was like, add a good 500 add, years. Add 200 yeah. years every episode just cause I can. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like that idea is such a Moffat idea. And I liked, there are a lot of things about RTD that I wasn't, a fan of but I did like that idea that like the companion is who you relate to because they're human Mm -hmm. like (laughs) and they're like coming for even if it's not the same background as you it's like something that you can understand right Right. yeah yeah I think there's something about each companion that you know even if it's the tiniest thing that you can kind of grab onto and grasp onto whether it's you know your 
you know, from the same background they are, or maybe you're kind of in the same place in your life that they're in at that moment or whatever, or you got some personality traits. So you think, oh, I would react that same way. I would do the same thing if I were put in the same situation or whatever. So that's why you really want to, you know, kind of shift that vibe a little bit and make it, you know, I, I think there's also a, a line that you don't want to cross. You definitely, I mean, it's definitely not, it's definitely still Doctor Who and it's definitely still the, the Doctor's story at the heart of it or whatever. But the, the companion is, you know, arguably the person that's traveling with the doctor currently is arguably one of the most important people in the universe. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're going to want to explore more of their background and what they're doing. I mean, they may not see it that way and the doctor is not going to, you know, or tell them that it's that way, but it really is. I mean, if you're traveling with the doctor, you're, you're one of the most important people in the universe at that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that, like, that's also part of the, the point really is he's traveling around with a human to, to kind of tap into his humanity and understand why he wants to save all these people that he always wants to save. <laughs> right, right. So it's definitely the most, it's like super important. And I, I've said this, I think maybe in the skip list, I forget when I said it, but like the fact that the, the companion has a family is also important to like, keep them grounded in earth and keep them grounded in humanity because with the right. when clara didn't have a family she's all running around thinking she's the doctor too because she didn't have anything <laughs> grounding her to earth mm-hmm. and so like mm-hmm. if the companion yeah, that's have- when she got out of control she really <laughs> yeah, stopped I mean, she honestly just started losing doing? control and i mean that was like, like a PTSD more. thing. Like Danny died and I forgot who I was and I'm having an associative state or <laughs> right. something, but it yeah, was she not just started getting more and more risky. And I mean, yeah. like, look at what happened in face the Raven. I mean, she said that, that, that whole thing, she set herself up for that because she was just taking risks and taking chances. And she's like, you know, I can do anything. You know, I'm as close to the doctor as it gets. And it's like, Oh girl, you know, a Raven flapping your chest. Yeah, gonna die. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. So that, those were our Martha feels um, as our first black companion because it was it was some definitely like a cool thing like tuning into the next episode of season three like oh snap there's a black girl um, when you're watching the show and you're like I ain't seen a lot of me in these first uh, couple seasons and then here comes this really awesome very competent black girl and so obviously a lot of black women have. Martha feels because of the way she was treated and how controversial and just upsetting it was in so many ways. But thank you for joining us, Ty. Um, we really appreciated you bringing your Martha expertise uh, to our podcast. Um, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's quite an honor to be featured on here because I love you guys. Yay. Uh, we'll try to have more and have you back, especially depending on how 13 goes. <laughs> we have one black companion coming up, so we'll definitely have feelings about it. On season 11. And all the yeah. Oh, girl, yeah, that 13 thing. I shouldn't have, I wrote that thing and I shouldn't have wrote what I wrote, but it was how I felt though, whatever. And it was just a, it was a big fallout from that. Oh no, what happened? <laughs> well, I had wrote the piece for Sci-Fi Fangirls and I was saying that, you know, 13, because I saw where everybody was on Twitter and they're all celebrating. They're like, oh yes, this is the representation we've been waiting for our whole lives. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is it girl? Because they were posting, <laughs> they were posting pictures of like her and Wonder Woman and a bunch of other white women, you know, and stuff like that. And I'm like, <laughs> As I mean, usual. but you know, the whole point of what I was trying to say in the article was if the first, you know, proverbial step towards change or diversity or representation or whatever you call it, if it always has a white face attached to it, 
how are we ever going to get our leg up in anything? Yep. You know, if you're going to make that first step yep. and there's going to be a, you know, a diversity change, why could you not go with a woman of color, mm-hmm. you know, or do something like that? So then, you know, you, you get that, that it always goes white, white woman, woman in black man, yeah. and then everybody else. Right. Maybe. Maybe. If it goes wrong. Well, when is Raza Joffrey getting on the TARDIS? Right. I mean, if you if you even get to that point, because if it fails before then, yep. then they're going to go back yeah, to right the, back they're going to deviate back to their right normal in. standard. And so we never even get a chance to get in the door. Yep. And right. Lord, people was mad at me. And I was like, well, I don't care. So <laughs> I was giving you a standing ovation. So, yeah, keep it going. They clearly don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Those people are here. <laughs> anyway, um, Ty, where can we find um, your writing, your tweets your thoughts where can we find any of that you can find me on twitter a lot at <laughs> ty gooden um also on my blog sometimes when i remember to post things up there also ty gooden and on facebook at writer ty gooden awesome awesome well thank you so much um next time we will be discussing donna i'm excited i love um, donna. donna noble my Second favorite companion now. Bill's still my favorite, yeah. even though they did her dirty. But Donna is just high up there, just like the girls who ask yeah. questions. <laughs> she also gets the, one of the best seasons. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so Donna, many I like Donna. Yeah, I love Donna. So yeah, so check us out um, at, on the next time and relative blackness in space. Yeah. Um, keep Black up History with- Month as well. Right. Yes. Black History Month. So I was very um, adamant that we do this. And I decided this in January, and I was just like, okay, but if we do Rose in January right now, we can also have Martha happen during Black History Month. And I was very excited about it, and then forgot to say it at the beginning of the episode. So hopefully you've listened all the way to the end, and you'll see that the timing was just planned last minute, but on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Last minute on purpose, right. Um, Yeah, and make sure to check us out at blackgirlscreate.org. Read Connie's writing at Black Girl Nerds and all over the internet. You can find her at Constar24. You can find us at We Black and Nerds. And you can find Ty at Ty Gooding. Um, use the hashtag Tarbis to tell us your thoughts about Martha Jones, Dr. Martha Jones. But and join our Slack where we have a channel dedicated to conversations about Dr. Who. There right. we out. The Black Girls have the box. <laughs>